Seven Footers crew, what is going on, guys? We are officially in the off season, as they call it, because the NBA Finals have happened. The Warriors have won their fourth title in eight years after beating the Celtics 103 to 90. And it wasn't really much of a nail biter, that one, Gerard. <laughs> Took it in six games. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, kudos to the Golden State Warriors again, as you said. Winning the NBA title, they're fourth in the last eight seasons. They're seventh overall as a franchise. Obviously, four for this core of Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, you know, uh, Steve Kerr, Andre Guadala. You know, these guys, they really when it's time to win, they they know they know what they need to do to make to make it happen. That is true. I mean, they pulled it off. At first, it was touch and go here and there. But again, the Warriors did what championship DNA does. It came out in clutch moments and got the job done. I mean, at the end of the day, in my opinion anyway, I think that this was completely the rookies and the vets. Um, You know, a typical story of the veterans who've been there many times before. Uh, you know, pulling it out, more smart moves on the court, better decisions and turnovers, uh, were the theme of the Celtics finals run anyway. Uh, I think I read, uh, Tatum had like a hundred throughout the series. Help me out. Uh, yeah, it, it was look, you know, one of the things that we do as a result and after these things, Jenna, is we like to be like, oh, so-and-so was not ready for the big stage. Oh, this, this, that, and the third. And it's like we make them make these grand proclamations about what everything means. Yes, the Warriors won in six. And despite what it looked like in terms of the margin of victory in game six, the series was close. And the Celtics had opportunities to win uh game four um they had an opportunity to win game five and games i mean they 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 you know after they went up two one there were moments in every game where it was like yo what are you guys doing like they were just doing four things on the floor now you can argue well what is that is that quote unquote championship dna is it you know uh a young team not ready for the moment I'd say it's a combination of things. I think one of the things that's not being talked about is fatigue. Um, yeah. You know, Jason Tatum led all players in minutes in the postseason. We must remember that Jason Tatum also played in the Olympics last season. Okay. Mm-hmm. So last summer, this has been a long run for Tatum from last Olympics all the way through now. And I think he ran out of gas, if, 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 we're, if we're being honest. Yes, some of yeah. it is Andrew Wiggins' defense and all that. But the dude was running on empty. It isn't like all of a sudden in the finals, he forgot how to play basketball. It's not like, but that's how we do these things. We do this thing because it's like hero narratives. There has to be a hero. There must be a villain and there must be a goat, right? That's how our silly human brains work because we don't know how to to tell stories any other way, right? And and the reality of it is, Jen, is because saying Tatum was fatigued, 
ran out of gas and all these kind of things. That's not a good story. It doesn't, it doesn't sell, right? What sells is Steph Curry is excellent and magnificent and Jason Tatum's not ready for the moment, right? right that right. is a better story. Well, that's really not entirely true. No, 100%. I mean, you know, them being gas isn't a cop-out when you see what these guys have been through. Again, you mentioned the Olympics run, how the seasons have been uh, mm -hmm. messed up in terms of schedule and these guys getting shorter off seasons, but they had just come off a tough uh, seven-game series. Two, and two in a row, back-to-back. -back. Two in a row, yeah, back-to-back. And the Warriors, they had what almost a week off, I almost think. Almost a week off. Now you so, can you can blame Boston because it is their fault, right? For not closing out Milwaukee. I'm, I'm sorry, Milwaukee and uh, uh, Miami when they should have, right? 100%. Yes, they should have closed them out in six and not gone to game seven. So, yes, it is their fault. They had to play extra games, but that's still it's both things can be true. They should have closed the heat out in six, and they can also be tired in the postseason, right? Like, and I also think too, Jenna, the Celtics the Warriors kind of figured them out. What I mean by that is, is that Ime Udoka, if you watch any of the in-game interviews, you know, or post-game after a loss when they're down, he would say the same thing over and over. We got to be more physical. They got to feel us physically. We got to increase our physicality. And it's like, okay, well, that's all well and good, my guy, but you got to do some other stuff too, right? Namely, not turn the ball over, right? Number one. Um, your best guy has to find a way when he's exhausted to finish and get shots. It's like, oh, you know, Jason's got to go up stronger off two feet. It's not because he doesn't want to. He just can't. Like, he physically cannot because he's exhausted, right? Like, the thing about turnovers and these kinds of things that you do, you make mental errors when you are physically fatigued, okay? Yeah. Like, that, that happens. And playing the Warriors stresses you also physically in the way you have to guard and play them. And so all these things, Jenna, add up. Again, taking nothing away from what the Warriors did, but just laying out the facts that, yo, you know, the, the Celtics were fighting an uphill battle. And again, all that being said, they still had opportunities to win key games in this series, but, you know, would inexplicably for two, three, four, five minutes at a time have brain farts and piss the ball all over the arena. And it's like, well, yeah. this, is, this is what happens. Hey, I mean, that is true. Uh, let's talk about Steph Curry. He got his first uh, finals MVP in his career. What everybody has been talking about is the last notch on the resume uh, to complete it. So, I mean, he was dominant throughout the series on both ends of the floor. There's no doubt about that. Um, but what are your thoughts on his uh, overall performance? Uh, Steph was phenomenal he was the best player in the series obviously by far finals mvp uh he has what 30 something points on 49 43 88 split something of that nature um i mean he was he was spectacular uh in game four and in game six particularly um in the game was still in, this game the game wasn't over yet. i think it was in the third and he had a three boston goes a timeout he's going to the boston crowd pointing to his ring finger like yep time for ring number four friends like, yep. right. I mean, when you have that kind of confidence and that kind of moxie, I mean, he and this is when all the sports cliche stuff comes out, which, you know, I hate. But he literally was like, we ain't losing this series. Like, mm -hmm. I got this, fellas. I'm going to be the best player. Like, for me, there's nothing he did that, like, changed my opinion of him. This is who he is, this is who he is. Like, 
the idea that, well, now that he's got a finals MVP, now he's this. Like, now he's what? Like, now, now he's what? He's, he's who he's always been. Like, what? What is he? Everybody's what, pulling out the top 10 stuff. Again, you know, this is all that stupid take economy stuff that I hate. Like that none that performance in the finals and that fourth title doesn't do anything for me and where I think of him as an all-time great player. He was already an all-time great player. He still is. Like, I mean, what <laughs> you know what I mean? That did nothing for me. But you know, we live in this ridiculous sports take world, Jenna, where everything has to be dissected. What it means for someone's legacy. Does this now move him up to number one point guards of all time? Is he top? It's like I don't like. This shit is so stupid, and the conversation around it is dumb. Like, he is an all-time great. That's what I know. Yeah. He has been a part of four championship teams. The other thing I want to say about this, Jen, is we do this thing where we award a team award, which is a championship. A championship is a team award. A team wins a championship, but we assign it to individuals. I just don't – I'm like – understand you people like at all like i just don't get the mental gymnastics people have to contort themselves into to present whoever as the best of all time or this or that or whatever it's stupid we're not having that conversation curry was great uh a well-earned finals mvp whether he won it or not again would not change my opinion of him or smart basketball people's opinions of him but you know not everybody's smart who talks about basketball Oh my gosh. Spicy Gerard comes back <laughs> from his, uh, our little break here, you know, on the mend from a little mm-hmm, feeling mm-hmm. under the weather and he's got the spice. So let's talk about the Warriors look ahead here a little bit. Uh, I mean, Steph Curry is in his prime, uh, I'd say, but Let's talk about this team looking ahead now because, you know, we got the young guys talking in the locker room about how they're getting bags. However, they're going to be over like 49 mil over the cap. So (laughs) what's going on here? I mean, they've solidified themselves into the dynasty conversation. Oh, they're a dynasty for sure. I mean, eight eight finals appearances um, and and, and four titles. I mean, you know, or six titles. you know, would you say they're going to run it back next year? I mean, I, why I wouldn't mean, they? Why wouldn't they? I think Joe Lacob is fine paying the luxury tax once they keep winning and they just won the title. So it looks like they will continue to win. Um, you know, uh, they're a they're a phenomenal basketball team, Jenna. And right now, one of the things that, that challenges dynasties is the key players get older, right? And there's nothing else to replenish. And, you know, shit just runs its course. Guys get injured, they get old, and you can't run it back. Mm -hmm. The Warriors are in a unique position to run it back. Steph Curry, we know about how well uh, finely tuned athlete he is, how conditioned his body is. He's going to be able to play into his late 30s, right? Um, I will say this is like sort of like the, the late end of his prime. I could see him having the same kind of impact late in his career as LeBron has in his, right? Like mm-hmm. some things will fall off, obviously, because father time undefeated in age and all that, but still be extremely effective. But now they have young guys, Jordan Poole. Andrew Wiggins is only 27 years old. And then isn't that wild? Don't you feel like Wiggins has been around for well, a long time? Because he was time. drafted in 2014. So, yeah, I mean, he's been in the league, what, eight years? So, yeah, it's been around for a while. But, you know, he's, he's you know, and he this is the perfect role for him. He can star in this role. No, we don't need you to be the number one scorer. No, 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 no. 
No, no. You defend. You grab boards. You cut to the rim. You shoot when you're open. That's what we need you to do, right? You know, and as I said before, in many ways, he's overqualified for that role. But that's perfect. And then, Jenna, let's not forget. So I mentioned Poole. I mentioned Wiggins. Let's not forget they have three lottery picks in yep. James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody. And look, if they are able to figure out anything from those lottery guys, and there are signs that Kaminga and Moody will be very good. Wiseman's been injured, but he's going to play summer league this year. I mean, Jenna, this is the bridge to the future. If those guys project to be who they are talent-wise – and they're already in this system. This is going to give, this is going to allow uh, Steve Kerr to give the older veteran guys, Clay, Steph, Draymond, rest during the regular season so that they are their freshest come postseason time. And you can implement these guys. Now, look, Will Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody all hit and be contributors on a final team in 2023. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But if they are, if they play up to, if they can develop up to what their talent suggests and where they were picked, Wiseman was a number one picked. Uh, Kaminga was six or seven. I think mm. Moody was eight or nine, something like that. Um, but either way, point being, if they're able to live up to the expectations of where they were, were selected, then uh, the future is bright. So Kaminga was picked seventh uh, overall in, in that draft. And I want to say Moody went, yeah, Moody went 14th. So, I mean, you got, look, these are talented guys. And let's not also forget Kevon Looney, who was huge in these in this postseason for the Warriors. Kevon Looney and Andrew Wiggins, if they can kind of give you the defense, right? Approximate what Draymond does on defense, give you a little more scoring on offense than Draymond does combined, that's rest for Draymond, right? And so I think that this team is, they're pretty much in, uh, intact. I don't see them doing a whole lot else. Uh, they probably bring back those guys like Otto Porter Jr. and Bielita on the margins. But if those guys, mm-hmm. because they want to chip, want to go try to get more money somewhere else, maybe they will. And the Warriors try to fill out, okay, again, on the margins, who do I get? But man, this is the future's looking bright, Jenna, for Golden State. It really is, and especially because they took a lot of these young guys and took the time to develop them, especially during the period where they were losing. I mean, Mm -hmm, they didn't make mm -hmm. the postseason uh, two consecutive seasons before uh, Mm -hmm. their title run here. So Mm -hmm. they had time to do that. They've had, and not to mention when you have guys like Steve Kerr and Clay and Draymond and uh, Steph whispering in your ear about, you know, Mm -hmm. what to do on the floor. It's a little different than, you know, developing other guys if you're per se on, you know, the Hornets or something. (laughs) Um, But again, sorry, they had to catch that stray right there. (laughs) But what are you going to do? I do think, you know, they can they can run it back and then some. For real. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to be a tough out, obviously. Right. I mean, you know, and now the young guys are going to be a little more hungry. Right. Mm-hmm. Kaminga and Moody and those guys are like, wait a minute. This is what it takes to win a championship. <laughs> we saw what Jordan Poole did. Jordan Poole's going to be a year better and understand having mm-hmm. been on that final stage. And he, in many ways, is the key. So, you know, we always we always say that. And the numbers bear this out. When Curry sits, how the Warriors offense kind of falls off a cliff. Right. They're, they're mm-hmm. not able to generate. If Jordan Poole can approximate 
and do some of the things Steph can do and keep the Warriors offense afloat when Steph is off the floor. Oh man, that's huge. That is big time, big time. And then play them together. And then on defense, he's not getting hunted where he's a liability on that other floor. He's competing. Again, this whoo. Imagine a lineup where you get Poole, Curry, let's say you go Clay, and then you go small ball. You go Kaminga as your five, Moody as your four. I mean, or Wiseman is your big five, and Kaminga is your four. I mean, there is like, they got, there's a lot of options. And what Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman give you are size and athleticism, right? Yeah. Which is an area where the Warriors often struggle. But if they have that in those young guys, oh boy, that dynasty may last for a little while longer. It's looking good there. So we'll see. I mean, hey, a lot of things in the pipeline for them. I mean, that possible extension for Poole and then, you know, uh, seeing what you're going to do, who you're going to resign and bring back. I mean, according to Poole and friends, uh, bags are coming. So I wonder if he spoke to the front office about that before he went live. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he is due a rookie extension. So, and you know, you know, to, to, to paint the other side of this, not everything that glitters is gold, right? Everybody's happy now. They're drunk at the parade right now, doing their thing. You know, Pat Riley talks about this, the disease of me, right? And that's one of the things that hurts championship teams. Jordan Poole, everybody getting a bag, everybody getting in. Well, Jordan, everybody may not get a bag at the same time. And if you don't get a bag when you feel like you should get one, are you still going to be the good soldier and do what you have to do and, you know, wait until it's your turn, right? Because Lakeham ain't going to open the checkbook for everybody. Everybody's not getting an extension this summer. That's, that's not how this works, okay? Some some people might, but not everyone. If you are not one of those people, how you feel about it, right? Yeah. Are you still going to show up to camp, do what you got to do, play your part, but, you know, and not let it fester and linger and cause other issues, right? This is the other side of winning a championship. We'll see. Totally. I'm not saying it's going to happen. With Steph Curry and, and and that kind of locker room leadership, I don't see it as a problem, but, you know, you never know. You never know. I mean, hey, like we always talk about on here, when when it comes to the bag, these guys can get a little petty. They could get, you know. No doubt. No doubt. A little mad. So speaking of petty, I mean, the Warriors have been petty to, to the moment that we're recording this. Uh, they had their parade in San Francisco. Uh, today on Monday that we're recording this and man is Draymond Green just unhinged to say the least. I mean, he's like, basically I'm paraphrasing, but he gets on the mic. He's like, yeah, F everybody else. I'm going to continue to troll people on Twitter. I'm going to continue to do this, continue to do that. Yeah, yeah. And they are just going for it. He hasn't yeah. stopped. Social media has just been on one with him. Listen, Draymond said in November on his podcast, don't fuck around and let us win a championship because you ain't going to hear the end of this. He, so he gave the warning in November and told everyone, don't fuck around and let us win a championship. Well, guess that what? That is true. Y'all fucked around and let them win a championship. So you listen, this will be the summer of Warriors pettiness. You will yeah. not hear the end of them chirping. And look, we know all great athletes need motivation and things to drive them. Those two years that they weren't good, the, the first year after, so 2020, when they were 15 and 50, whatever that awful record was, and Steph broke his hand, and the mm -hmm. last year when they didn't make the playoffs, they heard everybody talking about them, saying they ain't good no more, they too old, Steph ain't winning no more titles, 
He's a front runner. Da da da. This that they they heard it all. They mm-hmm. took notes and they wrote down who said what, and they are coming to open up a can on everyone. I mean, and it started literally the day they won the night they won the championship in the post game. Press stepped through the whole like somebody said I wasn't going to win any more championships. The whole yeah. like, zero thing coming at Kendrick Perkins and Dominique Foxworth. Listen, they coming for everyone. They remember, and that's you know that's what champs do. They use slights and motivations. Everyone knows who watched the last dance and that famous meme with Michael Jordan. And I took that personally, right? Like, well, the Warriors took all that shit personally. Okay. And they're all summer. Draymond's not going to shut up all summer long. He's going to be talking, 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 talking. You saw he's in the back and forth with, uh, with, uh, with John Morant on the Grizzlies. Because Clay, after after they won game six, said... I was just going to ask you if you saw your boy, Triple J. Oh, I mean, look, and you know... I, I, Getting I the business from Clay. Called him a bum and a clown. He's like, friggin' bum, clown, strength in numbers. That's a, I'm like, all right, Clay, calm down, my guy. Like, let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not lose our minds, but you know? And then John Moran's like, we live in rent-free. And Draymond's like, nah, we cashing that that real estate. We, we, got, we got real estate in Boston instead. It's like, all right, like, eh, listen... This is a, a competitive league. Guys are going to talk shit. And when you win, you are entitled to shit talk. Nobody stunts or shit talks more than the Golden State Warriors. Amen to all of that. But let's also forget, I don't know if anyone did their research, but um, this game where Triple J tweeted that. It's like a regular season game in like March or something. Triple J, Draymond, Clay, and Steph all did not play. Yeah. So why are y'all talking about this game? It's just so stupid. It's just so, it's None so of them dumb. played. None it's of so them dumb. Played. I mean, and, you know, and that, that goes back to that series, uh, this playoff series against the Grizzlies and yep. the, the Warriors, which was contentious, right? The code series. Yep. And I said this to you, Jenna. I thought Steve Kerr played a master hand. He got the Grizzlies thinking about everything else but basketball. Talking about... Oh, Desmond, not Desmond Bain. Um, Dylan Brooks, he broke the code, right? Like, you got them focusing on everything but basketball because the Warriors knew, damn, this Grizzlies team is young and athletic. They're really good. They're causing us problems, but they're not ready. They, they haven't been on the stage before. They don't know about the psychological warfare that you got to be ready yeah. for. And they got them out their game, right? And the Grizzlies, to their credit, right, fought back without John Morant, went to six games, right? Like, and they, and they argue, John Moran's healthy. We beat the Golden State Warriors, right? And so, and, and this will be interesting. So now we're talking about, is this the game, the Christmas Day matchup? Draymond Green said, uh, I think um, John Moran said, yeah, yeah, you guys come down to Memphis. And Draymond was like, nah, homie, champs play at home on Christmas. Like, you know, just, just the constant back and forth. Listen, again, it is going to be the summer of pettiness. The yeah. Warriors and St- Steph Curry said it himself. He is the king of petty. They remember when the they were in the Cavs are going there a whole thing and the Cavs had that LeBron had that Halloween party with the three one tombstone cookies like oh it is go, they're gonna wild out Draymond had that Boston suck shirt today at the parade he's got the one you know where it's got the seventeen spots with all the Boston championships and the eighteenth one and it's like nope like it's just listen again Draymond said in November don't fuck around and let us win a championship. Because you ain't going to keep set the warning up. He said, uh, I man. told you what's going to happen if you let us win. Well, day one. So, and they're going to be entitled to it. It's going to, woo, Draymond going to be talking in all summer long. 
It's going to be a long summer. I mean, long summer. For, for the rest of the NBA, it is. To, to your dream, I'll flap his gums. Yes, it will. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, let's talk about the other side, uh, the Celtics. Because, I mean, yeah, they didn't go home with the chip, but they have a lot of foundation that they built for mm-hmm. another title run. Again, younger team, the, fresh on their legs. I mean, the defense speaks for itself. The, these mistakes are mistakes now that they could take and turn around and really benefit themselves. They have a lot to be proud of here. I mean, they have budding stars happening here and a great foundation, like I said. So what's next for the Seas here? What do they have to do this summer to really – Take what should they take from this championship run and apply it for next season? They know they have what it takes to get to an NBA Finals. So now I think, as players and as coaches, Ima Yudoka, and what a hell of a season he's had, you're going to have to know that on the NBA Finals stage, you can't be so wedded and tied and dogmatic in your approach and stuck to your principles right like we play physical defense that's what we got to do we got to just get more physical oh man y'all got to find a way to do more things on offense to get easier buckets for tatum okay you're gonna make some shots and it's the ability to get more out of their bench right pritchard and grant williams and a lot of these guys were no shows you know in 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 the in the nba finals robert williams will be healthy next year he's going to be a huge piece um you know can you get marcus smart to uh, and not just Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum as well, to make better decisions uh, with the ball on offense, right? Because there are a lot of times, Jenna, where the, the Celtics again, not even with the turnovers, twenty-four second shot clock, they don't get into their first action until eleven seconds to go, and it's like, what? The, what do you? Then you have doing? to rush, and you're yeah, panicking, and not to like, mention what? their minds aren't. As sharp as, you know. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, So it's like. You've got to play like your hair is on fire all mm-hmm. the time. Right? you got to get into your first actions early. Everybody, the later you get into an action, the Warriors know, oh, they ain't going to go run anything. It's going to get end up with Jason Tatum on an ISO. And, yeah, Jason Tatum is one of the best one-on-one players in the world. But as I always say, if I know that's what you're going to do, that's very easy to defend. I don't got to worry about anything else. And they had too much of that where late in the clock, they just had these bailout shots that you're not going to win that way, you know? And we saw with the Warriors, what we saw was that, again, all five guys activated the constant motion, the cutting, everybody live. Like, that's the easy baskets. You have to find ways to manufacture easy baskets. So Ime will get better as that with that as a coach. Jalen yeah. Brown, the one – I mean, he was excellent this series. I will say this. We know the final stage is not too big for Jalen Brown. He was not afraid of any moment, none of those things. The area where he needs to improve is his handle, okay? He needs to get his handle tighter. I'm not saying he's got to turn into like Kyrie or somebody with the handles, but he needs to be tighter with his ball handling so that guys like Wiggins and Gary Payton II can't poke the ball away from him, right? He can use it to get to the spot that he wants to, get get, get the shot he wants, rise up and fire because he's a phenomenal player. And again, the bench can you develop other guys Derek White can you be more consistent you know what moves can they make on the margins because the nucleus of a team to win a title is here we just they just they, they just they just went to six games they, and they they could have won right they the, could the, have the nucleus they is lazy in that last game is there it is there they need to tweak some things right and and realize there's another level that you have to be able to ratchet yourself up to that they were not able to get to 
And speaking of uh, Jalen Brown, really quick, why is it that we, and not we as in you and I, but I guess the collective, society, fans, the media, whatever you want to call it, why is it that everybody automatically is so quick to call him the number two? Why can he not be the guy? Why does it have to be Jason Tatum? Yeah, you know, it's because I think, Jenna, there's ceilings. I think all things being equal at their ceilings. I think Tatum is a better player at his peak than Jalen Brown is, but it isn't like the gap is that wide. Look, right. That's why I, you know, I, I've been saying forever. I was like, I kind of like Jalen Brown better. Right. Like I, I, I just, you know, it's, it's the pedigree with Tatum coming from Duke and bah, 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 and you know, all that, all that jazz. Yeah. Look, uh, and, and Tatum is an incredible shot maker. Like, I mean, he's an alpha apex predator wing player. We know, but Jalen Brown, so is Jalen Brown, Jalen and Jalen Brown is good. And he's a, he's a competitor, Jenna. He fights. Look, I think you can have a one and a one, a situation. And this is remember early in the season. You're like, Oh, should we break them up? Those guys can't play together. No, you don't break up all NBA caliber wing players. And that's what you have. You got two of them who are what? 25 and younger. I mean, this is again, as I just said, the nucleus to winning title is there. They just went to the finals for crying out loud and, and took the Warriors six games. It's there. It's just the margins. Now we got, and, and the incremental growth Brown and Tatum got to be a little better. Brown's got to develop his handle. Tatum has got to develop uh, a little bit of a different mindset as it relates to, okay, if this ain't happening for me, here's what I'm going to do, right? It's just these little incremental ways in which you still impact the game when your shot is not falling, right? And he did a lot of that. He had 13 assists in in, uh, in game one, right? You, Jenna, the seeds, and you see it, it is there. They can do it. You just have to put it together now for an entire uh, postseason run in the NBA finals. Yeah. I mean, again, I have all faith that they're going to come back even stronger and definitely learn their lesson from this because like you said, they could have won for real. They gave the Warriors a tough time. It wasn't a complete, you know, and they gave away games. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, they did uh, when, when, when they were, when they were up two one, Jenna game four, they just pissed the game away. Like, yeah, Steph was yep. great, but they pissed the game away. They could have won that and took a stranglehold and gone up three one. Now the series is probably who knows they probably win it if they're up three one you know and that's what I mean about the margins being thin and things just shifting on these small little moments. Big facts. I mean, hey, that is the official ending of the season. Uh, Warriors crown the champs again. So we shall see who runs it back next season. I mean, and it's going to be a different outlook next season too because you have. Kawhi Leonard back. When's the last time we talked about him? Mm. I mean, there's a lot more factors that are going to play into next season, which is going to be super fun. It'll be here right before we know it. But uh, speaking of next season, as teams, you know, start to put their uh, team put their brains together in the off season, see what they could do, get their teams better, make some trades. We got some things rumbling around in Brooklyn, and of course, uh, longtime listeners of the podcast will know that Gerard uh, knows. Knows his way around the locker room in Brooklyn, mm-hmm, we'll say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, according to The Athletic, this went wild today. Uh, Kyrie Irving and the Nets are currently in standstill talks about his future. So, that means it could open the door for him to, you know, explore the open market. I, he has until uh, the end of June here to exercise that 36 point nine 
million dollar player option for the next season. So, I mean, no surprise here that there are more dramatics happening around Kyrie Irving, uh, as we have known and went through this past season. But what what's the deal? What is this? I mean, I thought we had a plan, Kevin. <laughs> first off, this clearly is um, information being leaked by Kyrie's camp. That's clearly what this is, right? Well, yeah, because then he went on social media right after and was posting all cryptic. Right. Uh, brother, bro- piece, bah, brother, bah, 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 bah. Bro- brother, Muzone gifts from the yeah. wire. Like, it's just like, like what we you know. And then the league about is he going to the Knicks? Is he going to the Clippers? Is he going to the Lakers? Oh yeah, all- those three teams uh, linked to him. Here's the reality of the situation: Sean Marks, Nets GM, and Joe Sy have serious concerns about offering Kyrie a long-term maximum deal for obvious reasons, right? right. Kyrie has proven since he's been in Brooklyn, summer of 2019 to be an unreliable employee, right? Yeah. Get to that first year. He has the shoulder or whatever. He bucks back and forth with the team about their doctors versus his doctors, blah, 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 all that. Okay, cool. Next season. Uh, Kyrie uh, disappears. He needs a PTO. Takes off like two weeks in the middle of the season to do I don't know what. Um you know, violating the league's COVID protocols, right? Showing up on Zoom calls for like political things and not, and again, mm-hmm. you can do all those things, my guy. Ain't nobody saying you can't be involved in any of that, but you've made a commitment to be a part of a team with your guy, Kevin Durant, to win a championship, right? That was, that was the point. Then the January 6th uh, insurrection at the Capitol happens, right? People are like, damn, was Kyrie going to take off work then? Who the hell knows? I mean, this dude, I think he did take a few days during the Capitol. This dude riots. does not show up to work, right? And so Sean Marks and the Nets are like, yo, man, a five-year Supermax deal? For someone who, in the total games he could have played, I think he's played in 101 games as a Net and missed 123 or 124 or something like that. I mean, it's kind of just like... Unless you work out something in that contract that says, you know, you got to come to X amount of, you know, you got to show up, basically. I mean, and this is the issue, is that Kyrie is unreliable. And in a team atmosphere where the goal is everyone has to subjugate their own personal agenda and personal ego to all row in the same direction to get toward the championship, one of your best players can't be doing this. And then, of course, there was last year with his refusal to take the vaccine, which, by the way, Jenna, let's juxtapose that with what happened with the Warriors. The Warriors also had a player who refused to take the vaccine at the beginning of the season. His name is Andrew Wiggins. He eventually acquiesced and took the vaccine. Andrew Wiggins is an NBA champion today. I'm not saying that, oh, if Kyrie took a What I am saying is, here is someone. Things could have turned out differently. Here is someone who. Had a belief that he and remember when we watched that press conference, Jenna, Andrew was defiant. He was like, I don't ask you what your personal beliefs are, right? Yeah. Like it didn't seem like he would, he would uh, you know, didn't seem do like it. he was gonna take it, right? He eventually took it, didn't miss any games. And the big thing is it didn't cause any distractions. What it signaled to the team was this is important to the team that we all row in the same direction. I'm gonna follow suit and do what is necessary. Kyrie, halftime, blah, 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 blah. I'm not doing it. Ned said, okay, well, you're not going to play. 
And Kevin went to them and said, nah, Kyrie got to play. And then now it's like, oh, he comes for road games. It, that, that type of environment is not conducive to winning. It just isn't. Like, you cannot have dudes who show up in and out. And no matter what the Nets players said in public to the media, they were not happy with how that went down. Shit, we know James Harden forced his way out because he was sick of Kyrie's bullshit. He was like, oh, man, we all took the jab. Like, you got to take it too, bro. Like, right. And this is the problem, right, is that Kyrie wants to do things on his own agenda and his own timeline. And, yo, that's cool and all, but not when you are part of a team and your goal is to win a championship. And the reality, Jenna, is that this is the bed that Kevin Durant and the Nets have made. You have, a, you have tied yourself to an uber-talented player who is extremely flaky and unreliable. That's just a fact. He just is. They, yeah. They, I mean, his history is littered with it. Every stop, there's something. And now, this posturing back and forth in public, there's only so much the Nets can do, right? It isn't like, okay, if Kyrie decides not to opt in, he decides to be a free agent. The Nets can't just go sign somebody else into that. that sp- There's no cap space. That's not how it works. Okay. Yeah. The only thing they can do to help to, if they want to move on, move on from Kyrie is sign him to a deal and trade him. But in order to execute a sign and trade, Kevin Durant must sign off on that. And I don't see that happening. Here's the thing that just like really, it stumps me. I mean, Kyrie, this was your idea. This was your yeah. But okay. Secondly, I always say this because there's always some sort of different issue with Kyrie. I always say on this podcast to you, you know, we're human. Like Kevin's got to feel some type of way. How does Kevin feel? This and that. Now we're on our what number issue? What does Kevin think? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be a point where he at least gets like a little frustrated. Like, And again, I'm not trying to poke the bear and cause problems like, oh, he has to be mad at his BFF. But at this point, it's like, come on. If if, if you're if you're Joe Sy and Sean Marks, you got to be sitting around going, you know, after that trade that we lost with the Celtics those years ago, that got them Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and all that. And everybody was like, oh, the Nets are going to be a disaster. Sean Marks got them out of that doldrum. Got them D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, like, you know, Karis LeVert, found all these guys, Joe Harris, and Kenny Atkinson as a coach. And they made the playoffs for two years in a row. Like, they got, they weren't a great team, but the culture was there, right? They had control of their draft capital. All of these amazing things, Jenna, that had them looking ahead towards the future, and the future was bright. And all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant want to come to town, which we know Kevin Durant didn't even meet with Brooklyn. Didn't even meet. Just said, yeah, I'm signing here. And when you're them, it's like, well, you can't not. I mean, this is Kevin Durant we're talking about. Yeah, like we're not, we don't need a meeting. <laughs> you can't, you're not going to say no. Of course you're going to take someone of that talent. But the problem is when you turn your franchise over to these guys and let them run amok and run car and do whatever they want carte blanche, this is this is the this is the downside of it. They don't know what they're doing, right? They forced you to get to take on DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, who's no longer in the league right now, mind you. And they forced you to play DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen. Jared Allen was an all-star this year, by the way. 
Jared Allen, all defensive player. Jared Allen, borderline all NBA this year. And because they wouldn't play DeAndre Jordan over, or Kenny Atkinson wouldn't play DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen, Kyrie and Kevin say, now you got to fire him. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, right. so, so, if so, you so, say so. So they fire Kenny, right? They do, oh, we got to get James Harden. Let's give up control of our draft from now until 2027, including Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, right? Let's give let's give all this stuff away because James Harden will help us win right now. Jenna, James Harden ain't even on this team no more. And you have no control of your draft from now until 2027. No control. So this year they have no picks. Next year, they have a pick swap with Houston. And for those of you who don't understand what a pick swap is, that means depending on whom finishes where, Houston could be like, ooh, Brooklyn, you're going to be actually worse. So we're going to take that pick, actually. We're going to be better. And you take our pick, which is going to be shittier than your pick. For the next, from now till 2027, they do not control their own draft. And for what? A player who isn't even there anymore. Risky business. This is what happens when you let superstars dictate what goes on. And again, I hate to do the comparison thing. But you compare it to what's go- what happened and what's going on in Golden State. Stephen Curry has just as much power to tell ownership and tell the GMs, no, this is what I want. I want this guy. I want that guy. Trade these. Because he's Stephen Curry after all. He can do that. Same as LeBron. Same as KD. Same as anybody. But what's the difference? Curry trusts his GM in Bob Myers. Trusts his head coach in Steve Kerr. Trusts his ownership his owner in, in Joe Lacob and says, all right, this is our plan. Steph, we're going to do concurrent timelines. Young guys to, to take us into the future. And we think you, Dre, Clay, went healthy. You guys will be fine. And we can we can win now and we can win in the future. All right, guys. I trust the plan. I trust the process. Let's make it happen. Lo and behold, who are NBA champions sitting here today? You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It is. For real. And, and this is the difference, right? Listen, your beloved LeBron James, same problem he having right now in Los Angeles, right? If he was more patient, the Lakers would still have Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Alex Caruso, KCP. Hmm, I wonder if they had those guys. Would they be in a better situation today than they are? Hmm, probably they would. But nope, LeBron doesn't want young guys. I got to win now. I get, okay, well, fuck that. They say, yeah, fuck them draft picks. Okay, okay. Well, this is what you have now, right? And And this is... This is the challenge, right? It is not about individuals anymore. Franchises and systems and the machine win titles. No matter how individually great and brilliant a player is, you need that full complement working. Teams win. Big facts, Strahd. Love when you go all out in your explanations here. I actually was just uh, checking out a tweet that Kevin Durant just sent about 20 minutes ago uh, oh Lord, about, you, you know, how Charles Barkley made that comment that, you know, he was the bus driver yeah, of the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Kevin said, quote, all this shit is nasty. Another terrible analogy from a hating old head that can't accept that we're making more bread than them. It's just timing, Chucky. Don't hate the player. <laughs> uh, one thing we can count on, Jenna, is KD will oh not get God. off Twitter. He will stay on Twitter and he will, you know, do his thing. Look, 
the, the sad part about this in Brooklyn, Jenna, is, is that that playoff run last year against the Bucks, when Harden was out, Kyrie was hurt, and Durant almost single-handedly dragged the Nets to the conference finals, that may be the high watermark of this Oof. Kevin Durant-Kyrie Irving partnership. Because even next, assuming, I mean, look, and because, again, there's no mechanism for Kyrie to go anywhere unless it's sign yeah. and trade. So if Kyrie's back, one, and he, no one's, there's no person alive who was like, yeah, he's going to play a whole season. No one thinks that. <laughs> so you got Kyrie, who who knows if he's going to play a whole season. He probably won't. Ben Simmons, who we haven't seen play basketball in over a year, who the hell knows what he's going to look like. Kevin Durant, and I don't know whatever the rest of that mismatch is. You got a bunch of free agents you got to resign. You're going to go into luxury tax for a team that, I don't know, at best is going to make the first round of the playoffs. Listen, th- things change quick. And again, this could have all been different if they still had Jared Allen, Karis LeBert, Spencer Dinwiddie. But no, you didn't want those guys. You had to go out and because you know, we mm-hmm. need James Harden. Who, well, he's not here right now. You know, I, I, I think the team would be a lot better off if they had those guys and allowed the young, some young guys to develop along with Katie and Kyrie. I just, but you know, hey, is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely curious to see how this is going to play out because, again, like another Kyrie Irving issue. I mean, hey, say he's say he's gone. Do they make do they make a, a again, steep run? The, the the only way he's going to go, in my opinion, is going to be in a sign and trade. Because even because even if he he's a free agent, Jenna, there aren't a bunch of teams that have cap space to sign him. So, right. And if I'm a if I although it only takes one, if I'm another team, why do I? Sign that dude on my squad for what he ain't gonna show up to work <laughs> like i mean exactly and these teams that are in the in the mix right um they have to the do lakers a lot are, of trading and moving pieces around yeah a the lakers lot are committing to well it sounds like they're committing to uh russell westbrook there and you got the clippers and like I mean, do you really want Kyrie? You already have you, KG you, or you, KG. You're gonna you're gonna have to <laughs> get off. Of, you're gonna have to get off Paul George or well, I don't know. You can't keep all three. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like just, so, what's just, the trade off there? It's 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 disastrous. Like, uh, look, Kyrie's gonna be back in Brooklyn, and the, for lack of a better term, this is the bed the Nets made. I gotta lie in it now. That's it, and that's all she wrote. Uh, let's talk about what's going on next in the association, mm-hmm. the NBA draft this Thursday. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, we just ended the season. Why not start stacking for the next? <laughs> so what do we have to look forward to in this draft, Gerard? What should fans, who should they be looking out for? Yeah, so obviously everybody's looking at the top of the draft, right, with Chet Holmgren uh, from Gonzaga, Jabari Smith from Auburn, and Paolo Bancaro from Duke. Those are the three names mm-hmm. everybody's talking about. Um, Jaden Ivey also from Purdue is excellent. Uh, ben Matherin um, is another guy who um, I had his um, his trainer on with us on, on our True Hoop podcast. Um, he's another Love player it. that's going to go in the top five. Uh, Keegan Murray from Iowa. There's a lot of talent. Sheldon Sharp uh, from Kentucky. There's a lot of talent. But Jenna, here's what I want to say about the draft. Inevitably on Thursday, when your team drafts someone that you've never heard of, or it's not the person you think because you didn't see his highlight tapes with dunks and threes and whatever the hell, and you <laughs> boo and you throw shit at your team and you get on Twitter and you're like, this is why my team sucks. Blah, blah. No, that is not why your team sucks. Jenna, 
I want to throw some names out for you. Jordan Poole. Desmond Bain. Preach. DeAnthony Melton. Uh, Terrence Mann. Draymond Green. Nikola Jokic. Uh, just to name a few. Why did I name those names, Jenna? Those are players who play prominent roles for their teams. Some of them in NBA Finals who were not picked in the lottery or in the top 20 in the first round. They were mm-hmm. late 20s or second round picks. My point is, the draft has two rounds. There is talent everywhere. Don't boo your team because they didn't pick the guy that you think is better. Boo your team because they suck at player development, okay? There is talent everywhere. Anyone could have had Jordan Poole. Anyone could have taken Desmond Bain. They were available. But, you know, other teams couldn't see it. So they drafted players players ahead of them who were either out of the league already or aren't doing anything. Again, my point is it's not about what, oh, do we get this lottery guy? Can your organization create the right environment to develop talent? That is the key. Can they develop, guys? If your team can develop, that means you got a chance. If they can't, well, I don't know what to tell you. So that's so. So I said all that, you know, Yes, look at those guys and all the names that you heard of and all that. But more importantly, player development. Is my organization good at developing talent? And, you know, I'm sorry to say the majority of the NBA, pretty shitty at it. So your team probably sucks. So you're probably going to boo anyway <laughs> because they're not, they're not so good at developing talent. But that's the thing. If teams invest in player development, it doesn't matter where you pick. Everybody's like, oh, this is, a, this is only a three-player draft. No. The, the smart teams love when people say that because they're like, man, there is talent up and down this draft and I can take anyone. I got my eye on that guy from wherever. He'll be available at 30 something. Cool. We're taking him because they know we can turn him into something. That's the key, man. Can you develop? And most teams are shitty at it. So, you know, we'll see what happens come Thursday. Amen. Yeah, we shall see Thursday, uh, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time there on ESPN and ABC. And of course, you guys know the Dumpster Fire teams have the highest picks in the draft. So (laughs) you got the Orlando Magic, the OKC, (laughs) uh, Houston Rockets, Kings, Pistons, Pacers. You guys know how that deal goes. All the trash teams. Uh, All the Dumpster Fires. What's one name that uh, is going to be a wild card that you think that we should be player-wise on the radar about? You know, we got Chet, all the guys that, you know, are at the top there mm-hmm. making headlines. But what's a name that you think is going to go earlier than we think? Uh, again, my, my guy, Ben Matherin uh, for Arizona, I think he's going to be really, really good. He's got all the makings of someone who really, really wants it and wants to be good. I, I could see him sneaking into that top three somehow, Jenna. And I, I, I think, look, but again, like every other player in the history of the draft, like, yeah, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, people like that. They're, they were going to be good no matter who drafted them because they're those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, it's about situation. It's about who drafts them and gives them the opportunity to be who they want to be. And look, I, I really hope that teams, you know, we always say the NBA, the NBA is a copycat league, right? Warriors win the title. So it's going to be like, oh, my God, Warriors, Warriors let's cop-. They're going to copy the wrong things. Understand what it is that the Warriors first – the one thing you can't copy is the generational superstar and Steph. And not so much greatest shooter of all time. Not that. Who he is as a person and as a leader, right? Yeah. He don't care about who gets the credit, who's the lead dude. That shit don't matter. 
winning is all that matters, right? And he does whatever is necessary to sacrifice to win. That's a rare thing from someone as good as that because the elite players often want to be elite and win and want the credit too. He don't care. He's like, I don't care. Whatever we got to do to win. And most of those elite guys, they want the ball in their hands, Jenna. He's like, I don't need the ball in my hand. I'm much. I'm just as dangerous without the ball in my hands, right? And you see, he, he runs a split cut. Everybody's, oh my God, what's going on over there? Meanwhile, lay up at the rim because no one's there. Everybody's worried about what Steph's doing, right? So, and he's so willing to give of himself. That's a rare yeah. thing. So one, you, you probably ain't going to copy that because you're probably going to find a superstar like that. But the other piece is develop trust in your system. Bring on different guys. See who fits what you want to run as an organization and build for the future, man. Uh, but, you know, teams are going to fuck it up as they always do because, you know, that's how the NBA is. Oh, my God. On that note, <laughs> um, love it. Guys, I mean, thanks for rocking with us this season. I mean, listen, we're going to be into July, and then before you know it, training camp is going to be starting. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do, be out here. We'll do a um, – I think next week, Jenna, we'll do a, um, we'll do that, that – we'll do a little draft recap, and then we'll do the wish list show. Like, a, what's the wish for all 30 NBA teams? And then that will kind of take us into the summer, and then we'll come back uh, for training camp and get ready for the season uh, in, in the fall. Absolutely. That's right, guys. Again, thanks for rocking with us and stay with us. You know, we're both here uh, in the biz, in all of the mix, uh, no matter what. Gerard's rocking with True Hoop, your mm-hmm. girls over here at the post, and then mm-hmm. Gerard makes his cameos over there as well. So, <laughs> hey, we are everywhere all we're the time. Everywhere. We're everywhere. Can't thanks for rocking with us. with us, folks. We're part of the Props Network, as you know. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that. At Seven Footers Pod on Twitter, at Seven Footers Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selling. And until next time, cheers.